0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall. And if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie. And the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Ambition. Ambition. Ambition.
2: Ambition.
1: Ambition. He didn't a dream a dream that was harder to live Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition.
2: ambition.
1: Welcome to the Hoopers Log. He
2: did a dream, a dream, but was harder to live. It, live it.
1: Here's your host, CMO Bucket.
2: They gonna love me for my ambition. ambition, ambition, ambition. Wow. He Welcome did a dream, on. a dream, but was harder to live. It.
0: Welcome on into the Hooper's Log. It is February 3rd. Uh, We are having some major technical difficulties. Uh, I hope the quality is at least decent. Uh, we got a pretty, pretty big show planned today. Around 620, uh, we are going to be having Terry Foster from 97 won the ticket coming on the show. Uh, He's a guy who I've been listening to on the radio since I was about 10 years old uh he actually just had his 12th anniversary of his show the Millennium Foster show formerly known as the Sports Inferno uh i mean it is no small deal he's also known as or he's also the guy who broke the story uh about Calvin Johnson's possible uh retirement coming up here he's featured in ESPN's 30 to 30 he was in the bad boys uh version of that um and, and i mean he's he's a legend uh, around here in Detroit, him him and Mike Villaney both are just fantastic at what they do, and we're really excited to have him on. Um, I want to get to talking about basketball before we do it, and I want to get to previewing a few games, uh, but I'm having a huge, huge problem with my computer. I'm not the happiest guy in the world, as this better start working here in a couple minutes. Uh, but let's go over the game. I do, of course, as always know, Tonight, we do have the Detroit Pistons versus the Boston Celtics. Uh, a game that, you know, I look forward to being here on CLNS. Oh, I believe... Okay, I think we got Chris here on the line. Hold on.
1: Hey, what's up, man? Christopher.
0: Hey, I uh, my computer seems to finally be working. I hope you can hear me all right. Um, I've, been I've been there.
1: I've been there.
0: The first few minutes here have been... An absolute mess. Yes,
1: on, I, I know exactly what you're going through. I've gone through that before, where the computer is just completely pooped, and uh, I've gone, with, I've gone, I've done shows before without the computer, with no time, and fortunately, I have found ways to get it done. But yes, I know exactly what you're going through. It's complete. It sucks, especially on a show like today, where we got a guy like Terry Foster coming on, big deal, big time stuff there. Uh, what are some of the questions you're going to ask him? You're going to just ask him about basically like how he got big in the radio industry or what's going to go on with that?
0: Well, I definitely, one, as I just said, he's the guy who broke the Calvin Johnson story. I mean, he was the yeah. first one. Um, and I want to definitely talk to him about that because I think that's just, I think that's awesome. Being here from Detroit, I mean, dude, I listen to this guy every day. It's like, it, it's kind of like you start listening and it's, I hope one day, I hope we can have fans like this show has. Um, I actually saw today they were rated the third highest daily um, sports talk show on another website. Uh, I mentioned a few days ago how they were the sixth highest in the country on a different website. Um, getting a lot of feedback from your folks over there. Uh, I know. It's, it, well,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm over by a warehouse, so it's just, it's just horrendous. Uh, I apologize um, for
0: that but i mean yeah and it's not like you know when you listen to this guy since when you're uh when you're a, a young kid that voice like the the Millennium foster show is something that the, probably my main motivation in, in trying to find a way to get on the radio trying you know i when we first started talking trying to have you let me come on the show and and they have been my main motivation for that, both of them, who I hope one day we can have Mike Lundy. You guys want to talk about a character? Um, that is the angriest, piss-and-vinegar, coolest guy you'll ever listen to on the radio. I think I, like I, I think him and Terry are both probably top five radio voices for the entire country. They're, they're, they're guys who, their talent, they could be national. They could be the top national guys. But they would never do it because they love their opinions too much, and they're too proud to let somebody censor their show. And that's what's so great about them, and and they're Detroit's, they're ours. They're you know it's 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 really a cool thing. So I'm gonna talk to him about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, he's a busy guy, so we probably won't be able to stay past ten, fifteen, twenty minutes. You know, but it's really yeah. a cool opportunity to be even be a, getting the chance to talk to him.
1: Well, a couple of things from last night that I noticed in the NBA, I was, I was super busy at work. I'm grateful that you got to, we got to do the show at night because I pulled a 12 hour day at work yesterday. It was brutal. Um, so I was up until about one in the morning, two in the morning, trying to just get home, uh, almost passing out of my car. But anyway, the point is, is uh, I saw that Kobe Bryant went off for 38 points. Well, you talk about feeling young again. I, I saw that and I was like, whoa, am I, am I, am I 18, 17 years old again? You know, I'm a 25 year old guy and Sitting there and watching him get his thirty-eight and seeing some of the highlights of that, it was like, wow, this is some some ancient stuff right here, seeing from Kobe Bryant. But I know last night was a small night in the NBA. I don't know if you could recap that for me real quick because I want to get that going so I can get back to work. Well, uh, we can of course do that, but before we do that, we always got to start
0: out with.
2: Alright, alright, alright. We're gonna learn today.
0: Look at that! Last night uh, started out with the Celtics beating the Knicks, uh, ninety-seven to eighty-nine. Okay. The Celtics are on fire, man. I mean, twenty-eight and twenty-two right now. They, I believe, they were twenty and twenty at one point, but so eight and two in their last ten. Uh, they're really becoming a team that you don't want to mess with. You don't want to see. And I'm really excited to see my Pistons go up against them tonight. Uh, the Knicks, twenty-three and twenty-eight now, uh, still so much more impressive than we thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um, it, it, this is uh this is a matchup that could be a rivalry for years to come. It's gonna be something really cool to see. Uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley. Uh then on the other side you're gonna have Christoph Sporzingis. So I'm hoping you're gonna see an improved Jerry and Grant in the next couple of years stepping up. Uh Jake Crowder, you know, those guys are gonna make it this could be another big time big city rivalry again for years to come. That's that's really exciting. Uh, the Rockets put down the heat one fifteen to one hundred and two. The Rockets are now one game over five hundred at twenty six and twenty five. I mean, who thought fifty one games into the season the Rockets would be twenty six and yeah, twenty nice no five? one. with playing the way he's playing. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. He went for twenty six fourteen and four. He's averaging twenty eight points, seven assists, six rebounds, almost point seven blocks, a two and a half. a half. I mean, this guy is, is really, of course, the, the rebounds or the steals and blocks do not represent him on the of that because he's just terrible. But are you seeing anything from this Rockets team that, that makes you think they have a chance to at least
1: compete for a Western Conference Finals appearance, maybe? No, uh, this 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 as a, as we've talked multiple times throughout the year, this Western Conference has turned into a, really a four team conversation, and I think that's what's going to happen come uh, come April, and definitely when we head into May, when we see the semifinals take place. It's a, I mean, this really is turning into and, and as the and as the Clippers have been playing better lately, and the, and obviously Oklahoma City and Kevin Durant's really been putting on a show, and Russell Westbrook's been one of the best guards in the league. You're, you're seeing, and obviously we don't even need to mention the Spurs and Warriors. This is turning into a four team race in the Western Conference and I think really the first round this year is actually going to be one of the poor first rounds we've seen in the Western Conference in a while because honestly once you go away from the Clippers it really drops off talent wise with the Grizzlies with the rockets with uh outside of the rockets uh, you got the grizzlies and then you got Dallas who's finding a way to hang in there but realistically they don't have a shot against them and then whoever comes out in that 8th spot is, has no chance against the warriors in the first round unless DeMarcus Cousins gets gets finds a way to get into the first round and dominates down low outside of that there's no one really in those bottom four spots in the western conference even if Houston does get on a roll i just don't see it happening i just don't see a way that they can find a way Stephen sniffed the Western Conference finals this year but again we never know you never know i mean it's just i, I just don't see it happening this year just because of all the inc- inconsistencies the the chemistry problems it's been it's been kind of a mess
0: yeah i'm not i'm not huge on them uh, i'm actually very low on them i think i'm higher on them than most people are um but you know i they they're just not they don't put in the effort they don't put in the work to be great and it's that simple and it's showing this year I mean, twenty six and twenty five is a team that doesn't put in the work to be great, especially with the talent they have. The Raptors beat the lowly, lowly, lowly Suns one hundred four to ninety seven. Suns kept it a lot closer than I thought they would have. The Raptors improved to thirty three and sixteen. I mean, dude, they're only three games back at Cleveland. Um, they're this year's hot. You think the team? Yeah, you know, I I agree with that in some sense and I disagree with it in a big sense as well. I think this Raptors team is much better than last year's Hawks. I do. Um, But do you think this is a team that could really push Cleveland and give them a run? And by push, I mean have a chance to win, not push them to six where Cleveland's like, okay, we're going to put our big play pants on and dominate, you now. But, I mean, do you think this team could really beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in a seven-game series? And I'm not saying be the favorite but you did get them, you know, five
1: tries, five, seven game series. Do you think the Raptors could win it one time, two times out of five? I think, uh, I think this team in Toronto is really improving a lot. Uh, and one question, one of the questions I had coming into the second half of the season, as we mentioned our halfway show, I know you had to go back to work that night, that morning, but, uh, that afternoon, I should say from where you were, but, uh, the one question I still have for this Toronto team is that bench. I mean, I know Corey Joseph has definitely taken a huge improvement. They're looking at getting potentially Markeith Morris. As we know, it's NBA rumor season this time in February. Obviously, with the All Star game and the trade deadline looming, uh, they're looking at adding one more piece. And honestly, they need to add that one more piece to have that that say and against a team like Cleveland. Look, Cleveland. Cleveland, and again, I'm warming up to the fact that they're turning into more and more of a dominating presence considering Tyron Lewis taking over. And believe me, at first I was like, what are they doing? But now I'm seeing it more and more and more. And some of the comments you made yesterday on the show and as of late about how LeBron's improved, it is, it's, it's turning into more of a Cleveland-type thing. And honestly, outside of Toronto, and again, you said maybe Toronto could win one or two out of a, a seven-game seven series, if there are seven of them. Maybe they win one. Maybe they win one series, but it would have to go seven, and DeMar DeRozan would have to go off for like 35 and eight a game. Kyle Lowry would actually have to show up. Remember, this team last year pretty much had the same pieces in play except for a couple of guys off the bench, and they got swept in the first round by a a Paul Pierce-led Washington Wizards team, and look how bad the Wizards have turned over the last year. I mean, and so that's what you need to recognize is that that bench for Toronto really needs to step up in the second half of the season. And for them to have a Mm -hmm. chance in the postseason, for them to have a chance in the postseason, they really have to have that bench uh, locked and loaded going into April. Because if they don't, they're going to get beat again early in the playoffs. And this Eastern Conference, yeah, it's not great, but it's parity-driven. And if they run into a team like, let's say, the Detroit Pistons, Andre Drummond's going to eat everyone down low alive. It will happen. And there's no way it wouldn't because, yeah, the Pistons don't have great talent on the offensive side when it comes to, you mm-hmm. know, the guard position. But Reggie Jackson and Contavius caldwell Pope can lock down DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. And if that happens, they stand no chance. So there's a lot of things that the, Tra- the Raptors need to prove still. But when it comes to as of right now and as of this day on the third of february i think they have a chance to compete with cleveland in the playoffs but will they beat them i just it just doesn't seem to be the case andrew i got to get back to work um buddy good luck with terry foster have a good one buddy
0: thanks man have a have a good day of work no problem all right uh today is a semi-sad day um we talk about LeBron a lot on the show. I'm a big LeBron fan. And to further the point of me being a LeBron fan, uh, today is the day where my rabbit, I do have i have two rabbits. One is named B-Funny and one is named LeBron. Uh, my rabbit LeBron is moving out today. Uh, two rabbits is a lot. He was a carnival rabbit. I rescued him from going out in the wild. He's not supposed to be out there, so I made sure he wasn't. Um, and he's just kind of a jerk. Just be—he's being- <laughs> just kind of a jerk. Um, he's moving into my girlfriend's house until she finds him some house to go to. Cause she won't let me take him to the pet store, uh, and, and it, it's kind of a sad day because that is—that you know, it's—it's it's a rabbit named LeBron. I mean, there's only one cooler name for an animal, and that's my dog named Vader. But LeBron is moving out today. I wonder if it'll have any uh, effect on how LeBron James actually plays against the Hornets tonight. Maybe he'll go out and drop 50. Maybe he'll go out and drop 10. Who knows, you know? Uh, I'm sure it'll have a huge effect on the real LeBron James, as it should. Um, but how about Kobe Bryant last night? we got to get to this real quick before we go to the break. Um, Kobe Bryant, should, and I'm laughing because it's, it's just hilarious. Kobe Bryant scored 38 points last night in 33 minutes, 10 of 21 shooting, seven of 11 from three, 11 of 12 from the line, 38 five steals—a whiteboard-worthy performance for Kobe Bryant. I mean, this was throwback. You, you were you could have been watching the highlight of this game, and you might have thought it was 2008. Okay, uh, of course he's been rested up; he hasn't been playing a lot, so that's it. it, it was pretty cool to see. Um, Twitter, every time Kobe even scores a bucket, it gets pretty annoying. So that's that's one thing you got to deal with. But then, you know, he was countered with the young and upcoming Andrew Wiggins. I mean, maybe it was kind of a passing the torch moment. But Andrew Wiggins went for 30 points um, in kind of the poop bowl, the toilet bowl uh, of a game that this was. Is the combined records of the team are, let's see, 24 and 77. So, you know, <laughs> this is uh, not exactly a good team. Not a good team, not good teams. If I knew how to talk today, that'd be wonderful. uh but you know you saw you saw potential all over the place for Minnesota. You saw Gordon Dangle go for nineteen and six. Andrew Wiggins go for thirty five and one uh, Ricky Rubio ten and fifteen Carl Anthony Towns had the most disappointing night out of the young guys that went for fourteen and seven um the Lakers. I mean, you do see the young talent. Jordan Clarkson went had 16 points. D'Angelo Russell had 18 points. But you know, the Timberwolves seem way further ahead in their You know, they're doing this with possibly the worst head coach in the league right now, um, in Sam Mitchell. Uh, so it is. It's really interesting to see um, how how they progress and how they will how both these teams will grow the rest of the year. But, all right, we are going to get to a break real quick here. Um, When we come back, we will have Terry Foster from 97 won the ticket. Uh, Again, you are listening to the Hooper's Log here on February 3rd. And we will be right back. Say it started in the east with an apple was, But out west we be throwing them apples up They say them fruit town niggas gon' ride
3: tonight They say them treetop niggas gon' ride tonight They say them great street niggas gon' ride tonight They say them Bounty Hunter niggas gon' ride tonight They say them 6-0 niggas gon' ride tonight They say them Cedar Block niggas gon' ride tonight Them 1-9-0 niggas gon' ride tonight They say them Zimber Lane niggas gon' ride tonight They say them Campanella niggas gon' ride
1: tonight who gon' ride tonight? Who gon' die
3: tonight? Started with a dollar in a tree. Started with a dollar in a tree. Did it for the West, motherfucker like Kanye. Niggas get stretched out on Lost Yon. They got three thousand facts. I ain't talking about Andre. I put it on your head, I ain't talking no toothpaste. See, I stay the same, ain't go weird like Lupe. Squeeze on this trigger like ain't no more toothpaste. I ain't do shit. Bitch, of course I is. You want this money, you gon' have to try the course I did. I got that wraith out, you talking about the Porsche I hit. You in the nose, please, come down to where the course I did. How a nigga with a Rojo, rag, end up in Soho, bag, any bitch walking with a solo swag, you think you ballin' in that photo, Jack, nah, and Tom Forge with an MK bag, nah, give you a bird's eye view of the streets, nigga, welcome to Compton, take you to Carson next week, Started with a
2: dollar and a dream and a pistol, on the corner rag, hangin', and crystal, you say you gangbangin', let me see credentials, and when I pull this gun out, you know how this go. Started with a dollar and a dream, about the bastards, Part of my mannerisms, the Curtis magnet that managed without the metal with him, how the hell I did it, I let God ask, baby, I put that on leafwood. I ain't lying, one sentence, bitch, I started with a dollar and a drink, we went from helping old ladies with their groceries at Alpha Beta, for a couple quarters, to baby hustling something major, we had to grow up, sooner or later, but I'm so on my mama still stay off least. Carson across my belly, I prove you lost already Rockin' my big brother, Bishop, let the door crack Game took me on my first tour, now look where we at In the studio, getting paid to reflect on that Documenting true facts, not to mention It's the Documentary too. who You do the addition in ballerina shoes Enough with the clever rap, it's more important than that I put my city on the map, nigga I really put my city on the map. I mean, when the last time you heard Carson on a track, nigga? Let alone when they calling out stomping grounds on the West. I'll wait. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm the best, nigga. This the new West, nigga. Respect that top dog, all I'm missing is the red hat, but don't question what pocket I left, my handkerchief conchapped, guilty by affiliation in many ways, gangster. but let me explain something, a paradox that we made, I threw on my fresh Supreme Chuck Taylors today, and then I got a call from Chuck Taylor, I'm saying, the game ain't changing, we still changing the game, started so. I started a dream and a pistol, on the corner rag hanging slain crystal, say You said you can't bang it, let me see credentials,
3: and when I pull his gun out, you know how this. Started with a dollar me That like day you with a and a tree. Hey, Ain't this what I deserve? My first album was a setup. I was the little nigga Pac was talking to When he said keep your head up Cause he knew what I would be facing after his demise Jason had the in pies Better life than flipping fries I'm the one that Chris despised Moutier kissed the sky From having dreams to 50 to die Eulogy by Mary Blige Hopped up in that enterprise Had to stop the genocide Went from underdog to watching top dog and Kendrick rise. Now tell me can I testify Pull over, try and rest for five On the block, no ten on the rape lead. these kids' mesmerized They asked me how I did it How I got it Say young king, you looking broad Like I put them waist down Start practicing lyrical Exercise, tell me who the next to die Probably who the next to line And got me battling ghosts Cause I'm the illest one alive That's where the Pac-Bung Biggie Why stand? is my city We're about to run a train You couldn't fuck with me Ever since I saved my coast It's been born again If I ain't shit Then who the king of California then Who can out-rap me Now think about it The same nigga you about to say Can run up and out rap me Yeah, out-strap me Yeah, out-gap me I mean, think about it Exactly. Speaking matter factly, I'm down playing the action. They call me game. I ain't one still I get paid like an athlete. Through the map after the map. Dot two in the back. Lived up to my expectations. straight took me first and-
0: Welcome back on in here to the Hooper's Log. Uh we're having some tech technical difficulties. Uh once again. Uh I'm trying to get trying to get Terry Foster back in here. Uh he actually has to call into the show. I was trying to get him on through my phone. Uh, but we're going to go to one more short break when he does call in uh, just so we can, you know, prep real quick, make sure we're on the same page before it starts, make sure all the, the technology, the wonderful technology is working. Uh, but here we're going to go to one more break real quick. Uh, let's do some NWA. How about that?
2: Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating but scared to kick reality. Man, you've been doing all this dope producing. You ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? I'm expressing with my full capability, and now I'm living in correctional facilities. Because some don't agree with how I do this. I get straight and meditate like a Buddhist. I'm dropping flavor, my behavior is hereditary. But my technique is very necessary. Blame it on IQ, because said it gets funky when you got a subject and a friend. Yellow makes it a cappella. I still express yo, I don't smoke weed or set. Cause it's known to give a brother brain damage. And brain damage on the mic don't manage nothing. But making a sucker you equal. Don't be another secret
0: All right, welcome back on into the Hooper's Log once again. I think the technical difficulties are over. We do have Terry Foster from ninety seven won the ticket here on the uh course episode of the Hooper's Log. Terry, how are you doing today, man?
4: I'm doing good. I had a good day today, so I'm ready to have a good evening too.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I was I was listening uh Kiss and vinegar, Mike
0: Valenti over there talking about signing day. I expected today to be an interesting show and that it was. Um, first of all, you know, what's, what's your take on National Signing Day? Are you, are you with Mike uh, on the fact of you just, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. You'll get to, you know, you'll find out a couple years down the road. or Are you invested in it? Are you interested? Not not like some of these nutcases are, but, you know, more more than the average person.
4: Well, I would say the answer to that is no. I, but I still think it's a big deal. I'm just not into it because a lot of these guys – that I'm told are are great players. Happened to this dude. I haven't heard anything about him. But with that said, if you don't get talent, you're not going to win. And, you know, people always want to give coaches credit. Oh, coaches. Oh, he's out coaching everybody. No, he's got more talent. And so I recognize that's exactly what you need. But it's just not my cup of tea. Right, right. And I'm with you on that. I I think it's,
0: I think it's obvious when you look over uh, something we discuss on the show a lot is John Calabary and the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm not a huge fan of John Calabary's coaching ability as much as, I mean, he'll throw five free first rounders out on the floor every year. And I mean, you're you're seeing this year is they probably won't be ranked anymore after that loss to Tennessee as, as talent does win most of the time. Um, But you gotta, you gotta have it on both ends. And that's why I'm I'm big on national signing day, but I'm kind of with you. It's not, not huge i'll get excited because i'm uh i'm i'm just a i'm i'm your average fan who just loves stories and loves hearing new things but um getting into the nfl game we are here on the hoopers log we talk mostly basketball but of course it when we're with the guy who broke the calvin johnson possible retirement story um we, we got we got to talk it first of all let's just get straight to the the meat of the story in your opinion is he done I I know you've talked lately about how he was sure. No, he's not so sure. Do you think he's done, or do you think we'll see him in a Lions uniform or any other uniform, for that matter, again, in the NFL?
4: Well, let me me be honest with you. Right now, I'm not so sure. I I don't know, to be honest with you. Now, when I first started talking to my source, I was convinced Calvin was done. Because he had told the Lions, this is it. Uh, He had talked to some of his teammates. He had talked to former teammates about what is it like to be retired, what was the parts, what was the adjustment, yada, 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 da, And so then it seemed like, you know, Jim Carwell said, Calvin, just get away, chill out, do your thing, and uh, we'll, we'll wait for you. And now I'm not so sure what he's doing. I think what Calvin is doing, he's legitimately thinking about it. He's legitimately, you know, weighing both sides, and he's going to make a decision. Uh, to say that he's retired or retiring, I think at this point would be silly. And to say that he's going to stay, I think now would be silly. Um, I, I truly believe that Calvin doesn't know. And if Calvin doesn't know, then I don't know. But I tell you, that one of the big signs was that um, I know uh, Dave Burkett and, and Josh Kastenstein C- from the News of Free Press caught up with Nate Burleson. and I know Calvin and Nate are tight. Calvin talks to um, uh, Nate Burleson And if Nate Burleson is saying Hey, I'm not sending congratulations On a great career Because I don't think it's done Then I am I read that and said Uh-oh, wait a minute There's a little bit more going on than I thought I had someone else who says he doesn't Is going to retire And the other thing When I first started working on this story One of the reasons it took me a while Was I kept running into people Calvin's not retiring Where'd you get this from? No, no they were like, there's no way. But then I started getting into people who had actually spoken with him, and that's when they said, well, at least he's considered it and he's talked about it to people.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the average fan, me sitting here in my basement doing a show, we don't realize uh, how, you know, and I, I I still don't, even with all these players retiring, how beat up this guy must be. I mean, if he retires now, he's walking away from, what, sixty. 60 to $80 million,
4: something like that. I mean, he's walking away from... No, no uh, question. Yeah. Uh, but but Cal is of- not a oh. clown. Right. Yeah, the thing is, he's not a clown, and he's not wasting his money. So he, I'm going to guess he's got 40 to $50 million in the bank. And he's probably saying, you know what, if I can't live off of that, if I can't invest off of that, then there's something wrong with me. So, um, yeah, he's got money put away, but now he's got to weigh health, and future health against getting that extra money, and can he compete for a championship with the Lions? That's a pretty tall order there, <laughs> to say the least. Um, once again, and
0: and I'm I'm with on that. I think I you know I I wouldn't be mad at him. I I think uh, obviously he's a smart guy. He knows what's best for him, and you know if the Lions fan base wants to get mad at him. Uh, I think they're getting mad at the wrong people. I think they need to look at that front office, need to look at ownership and see what's really going on these last uh, 50, 60 years. Um, again, we're here with Terry Foster, recently retired from the Detroit News. Terry, how's it
4: been since you're uh, only a showman now and you've, you've stopped writing? Well, it's, it's like the weight of the world has been lifted off of my shoulders. I, I never realized how um, exhilarating this would be. And I'm doing some freelance stuff. And, uh, and like Oakland University wants me to um, – they've asked me to be a professor over there. We're not really a professor, but to teach a sports writing class. And But it's under my terms, my own time. The, the newspaper and the radio worked unless they started bumping into each other. And that's what happened more and more often because the newspaper wanted me to cover the Pistons. The newspaper asked me for them to be the, – their top priority, but when you weigh what's happening with radio against newspaper, I could not make that decision, and uh, the newspaper wanted me to to do both, but they wanted me to find studios on the road and to do both. That was one of the offers. Radio's not willing to go there because our radio show suffers when one person is in one spot and the other person is somewhere else, and I just said, you know, I'm not going to do that. The other issue is traveling. Um, you know, I've had my day where I traveled from coast to coast as a Pistons beat writer. Uh, I did a lot of traveling, and I can do it or wouldn't mind doing it in, uh, you know, small stretches or small increments here and there, but I didn't want to be on the road full time uh, because when I did it before, I was in my 20s and 30s and single, and I look forward to going to L.A. and Portland and everything, and now I've got two kids and a wife, and the road isn't as appealing as it used to be yeah
0: yeah I, I, I can i can only imagine sounds like sounds like uh you know you're enjoying yourself and that's always great to hear um just throwing it out there you are a central michigan university grad uh my sister is listening right now uh, i hope so at least she's sitting up there in mount pleasant uh so we do have a connection there uh, let's get, and let's I'm get following her here. on yeah.
4: Twitter now. I heard from her this afternoon. She's my, my, yeah, one of my Twitter characters. friends now. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. absolutely. Uh, we we are here on the Hoopers Log, so you know, let's get down to it. Let's talk some basketball. Um, first okay. of all, let's let's just let's just get this out of the way mm-hmm. because I've been dying to ask somebody who's really around the team, and we have talked with Jake Chapman on here. Uh, and, and I've got his opinion on this, but i love to get it as much as possible. Is there any similar – and this team is extremely young. Let me preface this by saying that. Is there mm-hmm. any similarities you see between, you know, at least an attitude and maybe even personnel between this team and, and you know, the old four Pistons, where you're not going to have that superstar. I mean, Andre Drummond, I guess, is to having that potential. Um uh, But you're really – if you're going to win, it's going to have to be based around team, at least with the way their roster is currently constructed. And I'm not saying do you see this team as a championship team, um, but do you see similarities at all in personality or how they're trying to build this team with that '04 4 Pistons team?
4: Um, Not yet, but ask me this question a year from now, and I think possibly it could. Let let me just say, I think the '04 4 Pistons team at their beginning was a little bit more mature than this team. This team is shaped by Stan Van Gundy. That team was shaped by a, a variety of different coaches, including Rick Carlisle and Larry Brown. Uh, but I thought they were a little bit more established in their career when they started out. Um, it, you know, so to me, that's the biggest difference right there. But both of those teams had to learn how to uh, win. Uh, this one was going to have to learn how to win, too. And I think that's why it's essential that this team needs to make the playoffs this year so they can, you know, maybe get that little butt whooping and and learn what it takes. So, I mean, I just see differences. I mean, you back then, and that was Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace, they were both good interior defenders. Um, I don't think this is a very good defensive team, even though I'm sure if you had Stan Van Gundy on, he would disagree with me. I don't think Reggie Jackson is a strong defender. I think Andre Drummond suffers as a defender uh, now and then, and, and so I I think those are two of the differences you see in these two teams. Yeah, yeah, and
0: you know Reggie Jackson's effort on the defensive end is what really disappoints me. Same with Andre Drummond. They both, uh, and I'm I'm huge fans of both. I mean, I I. Uh, I'm unfortunately young enough to the point where I became a Pistons fan when I was around, let's say, a diehard Pistons fan, I should say, probably 11 or 12 years old, um, which would have been 2009. I was 12. I'm 18 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I
2: haven't got to
0: see a single great or even very good Pistons team. Um, so when I see these guys, I get extremely, extremely excited because I think I, I think it's, you know, the the start of something tremendous, um, and, and it, it really does excite me. Now, do you think uh, the Reggie Jackson-Andre Drummond combination, do you think that they have potential to be a superstar-lethal combo, or do you think they'll be above average but not quite, you know, great-great?
4: I I think that combination has the potential to be championship-caliber Someday, uh, I think Reggie Jackson is a is a very good point guard. Now he does he have his nights where he gets a little bit selfish, and yes, but then he also has those nights where I think nobody in the league can stop him. Uh, Andre Drummond has got to work on his free throw shooting. I don't care what anybody says, because what they're trying to position Drummond into becoming is a guy in the last five minutes of a game. Maybe you're trailing by four. We're gonna go to uh, drum drum and. We're going to, uh, you know, ride him a little bit. Well, you know, you can't do that if he's missing free throws because teams are going to uh, foul him. So he's got to do that. But I think this, two, this this combination has the potential to be better than Chauncey Billups and Ben Wallace. Yeah, and, and that's really saying
0: something, especially when you surround him with guys like uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope who I, I think the sky is the limit. I mean, he's already a great defender. He'll make mistakes. He'll over, you know, he'll he'll overdo it a little bit sometimes, jump into the passing lane too far. Um, but, uh, you know, a great defender, all-NBA potential. Um, you know, he's already up to 14 points per game. What is he, 21 years old, 22 years old? Mixed with Stanley yeah, Johnson. Yeah, who, yeah. yeah. Mixed mix with a teen-year-old grown man, Stanley Johnson. I mean, that guy is huge for a 19-year-old. Um now I remember listening background draft time uh and I remember hearing something on the show and I'm not sure if it was you or Mike along the lines of Stanley Johnson is very similar to Jason Maxiel. Um ha- have you or that, if it was Mike that was off of
4: that or are are you guys on the Stanley Johnson no,
0: bandwagon? Still?
4: That that was Mike. Mike is not a huge fan of Stanley Johnson. I'm telling them he's going to be more than Jason Maxill. I think that's ridiculous. Me and Mike argue about this all the time. He, he admitted, oh, well, maybe Stanley is playing a little bit better. And I said, you think? So that was him. Uh, because we had this running thing about Jason Maxill. You know, I, I never thought he was a great player, but I said, you know, he's an energy guy. Give him an opportunity. He, you know, he can help the Pistons. And so that, I think that's why he latched on to Jason Maxill. But, Stanley Johnson would be a much better pro than Jason Maxfield. It's not even gonna be close. Yeah, I think I think nineteen year old Stanley Johnson isn't
0: much worse than prime Jason Maxfield. So you know, I Right. I, hey I, but I did, tell you uh, what.
4: Hey, hey, don't be a Chinese player and have Jason Maxfield mad at you.
0: He'll kill oh, you. Oh no, no. I don't <laughs> know if you saw that video. Well, well You know, you don't want to have Jason Maxfield or Rod Allen mad at you here in Detroit. Um, No, 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 no not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, All right, uh, let's get back. Uh, Obviously, you you have accomplished a crazy amount in your career. I saw some today where you guys were ranked the third highest uh, daily sports show in the country. Um, Behind some shows that are recognized, you know, Uh, even more nationally than, you know, I hear your guys around the country. You know, ESPN, they'll be on sometimes, things along that. How is it working next to Mike Valenti for 12 years? Because, I mean, I'm a huge fan of both. Okay, I'm not one of those people who listens and hates one of you guys because I feel like that's basically the majority. I I think you're both fantastic.
4: But i got to admit, I think it'd be
0: damn near impossible to sit next to him five days a week for 12 years.
4: Well, you, you get used to it, and the joke I tell everybody is the way I get through it is through medical marijuana. But uh, with with that said, Mike is one of those guys you just don't know what you're going to get from day to day to day to day. It's always going to be, you know, uh, well, not always. A lot of times it's high energy. Sometimes he's mad. Sometimes he's in a great mood and everything. But for the most part, it's really, really fun. Because now the way I look at it and the way Mike likes to do radio is I am on this, you know, magic carpet ride. And I don't know if it's going to go left or right, if we're going to do a deep dive or whatever. It's actually fun. And I always kind of joke around that, geez, I'm on the I, – I got a front row seat to all this craziness that's going on, and, and I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I
0: can only imagine it. You, you know, I sit in my car. I either cracked up. I'm either angry. It's it's a wave of emotions depending on what you guys are talking about. Uh, I I always I always laugh and get angry when you guys talk about LeBron and you guys make fun of Sully because I'm kind of very similar to Sully when it comes to LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know I know you are a very big man. So let's uh, let's get to two things real quick. First, I throw this on everybody who comes on the show on the spot. What is your NBA finals prediction? Who versus who, and who you got?
4: Um, I've got Golden State. I'm not buying this whole San Antonio thing that they're going to beat them. And I, I just think the East is is terrible. Cleveland will be there. And I think it's going to be a lot closer than people believe it's going to be. Cleveland's got the chip on their shoulder. but I still think Golden State is going to repeat.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I try to argue against it as much as I can. But, you know, every night, every game. Uh, it gets it gets more and more to where I'm about to admit that I think Golden State is, but I'm not there yet, especially with how the Cavs have been playing lately. Um, right.
4: But no, you know what, Golden State. If you watch them, it's comical what they're doing to people. It's comical.
0: Oh yeah. Oh
4: yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's absurd. I mean, when you go into a week and you beat the Spurs and the Cavs by 30 plus, and you don't even play your starters in the fourth, it's just it's like bullying right. on basketball. Um, the only thing, yep. the only thing, and I do say it more than once, uh, about the Bulls is that after after the '96 Bulls, after 72 wins, they were tired. And something I always go back to is this team doesn't have the athleticism of them. And I don't know if that'll make them more tired, or the fact that they're skill based will make them, you know, have a little bit more energy at the end of the year. But you know, they're obviously going for that 72 wins. They're going to give it their all every single night. Do you think they'll get there?
4: Ah, uh, yeah, they probably will. And let me tell you, the, Bill, the Bulls were mentally fatigued because a lot of their games were a lot closer. Golden State's playing three quarters some nights, and that really, really, really helps them. The other thing that's going to help them is the the season. If you look at the season back then when the Bulls did, it was a little bit more compacted. Now you get more rest time than you used to. And this team, like I said, they're sometimes they're playing three quarters and then maybe they'll get two nights off. So I think that's why they have a shot. They will get the seventy two wins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they're they're so dominant.
0: All right, Terry, this is Terry it's Fox from ninety seven won the ticket. Uh formerly of the Detroit News, retired now, like you said, the weight is off his shoulders. Uh Terry, congratulations on your retirement. Congratulations on twelve years. And do me a favor, when you see uh Wojo tomorrow, let him know thank you for standing up. Tremendous show you were on today. Can you do that for
4: me? I will definitely do that. No problem. And good luck right, to you. Man. Appreciate it. Have a great day. <laughs> you too. Take it easy.
0: See ya. That was kind right, Foster. Ninety seven won the ticket. Uh you know, he's a he's a legend around these parts and, and we, we really appreciate him coming on the show here today. Uh we got about one more minute here in the Hooper's log.
1: Uh
0: you know we we ran we ran that about as long as we could go because that was that was a great conversation my friends uh are going to be quite jealous when they hear that um again i mean he's huge around here if you're listening around the country you may not know how big he is around here but having him on the show is really a treat and it, it was really really something uh again
4: it is february 3rd this is the 64th
0: episode guys since 64 think about that uh, we are going and going and going, and we ain't stopping anytime soon. Let's uh, hit a thousand! Like, hey, what about me? Chris having
3: a drink here. In the first um,
4: but as I say every time, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh,
3: we'll be back on tomorrow at our normal
0: time.
4: Like I say,
0: peace.